fixing to go into the Word. Go to Malachi, the third chapter. It's where I'm going to start. I tell you, I thank God for what He's done so far in this camp meeting. There's just been a deep, deep working of God's Spirit. And I believe God is conditioning us so that He can live here. Amen. Well, you say, Brother Matter, God lives in my heart. Man, I don't just want Him in my heart. I want Him to consume me. But for Him to consume you, you got to lose your life. Ain't very many people want to give up self. Well, I can tell I ain't getting no traction tonight. It's all right, it's the truth anyhow. People just don't want to give up self. But Jesus said, if a man will lose his life for my sake in the gospel, he said he's going to find it. But if he find life, you find life in this world and on this earth, you're going to lose the life that Christ has for you. That may not make sense to any of you, but it makes sense to me. From Malachi, the third chapter, and I'm going to begin with the first verse. Man, I feel such an awesome presence of God in this place tonight. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now the sons of Levi was the ministry. That was the ministers in those days. Luke, the third chapter. And I know these are very familiar scriptures. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes the simplest things seem to get by us. Sometimes when God speaks a scripture to our heart that we know, we just kind of brush it off and say, I don't know what that says. I've done it. You've done it. Sometimes it's in simplest scriptures that can impact your life the greatest when they're spoken to you by the Spirit of God. Luke, the third chapter and the second verse. Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest. The word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. 
He came into all the country about Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Would you go over to Acts, the seventh chapter, with me? Acts chapter 7, and I'm going to read verse 44, and then I'm going to drop down to, I'll just read straight on through, it's only one verse. Y'all there with me? Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophets. Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What house will ye build unto me, saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not mine hands made all these things? I want to talk to you tonight on preparing for the Spirit of God to come home. Preparing for the Spirit of God to come home. On the 25th day of July of this year, God took me out in the Spirit. I was driving down the road and God took me out in the Spirit. And I saw David bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to God's people because it had been gone for many years. And as I watched this, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. He said, prepare my people. Tell them my spirit is coming home. This is God's house. This is God's house. But you know, it seems like you can't get people's attention. This ain't this isn't something to take casually. God is looking for a, a temple to live in. He's looking for a house that he can dwell in. And he ain't going to share his house with you. He ain't going to share it with you. 
Oh, we want God to come in here, but we only want it when we need him. God ain't your spare tire. Y'all hear me? In the days when Samuel was just a little boy, just a young man, Israel went to battle with the Philistines, and in that battle they lost the Ark of the Covenant. It fell into enemy's hands. The daughter-in-law of Eli the priest, Eli's two sons, Hotna and Phinehas, were priests, and I think it was Phinehas' wife was getting ready to birth. And as she birthed that baby, she heard the news that her husband had died and that the Ark of the Covenant had been taken by the enemy. And she named her child Ichabod, which means the glory had departed from Israel. I've been in some great moves of God. I was raised in some mighty revivals and mighty moves of God. I've been under tents with 20 and 22 and 23,000 people in this country back in the 60s, 50s. Seen God work all manner of miracles. People's hearts seem like they're toward God, seem like the nation was toward God. But I'm going to tell you something. Somewhere in the late 60s and early 70s, the glory began to lift. There's a glory that is lifted off of God's people and off of this nation. And we are going to have to prepare ourselves uh, because God uh, is wanting to come home. He's wanting to come back to his people. Uh, and you just ain't going to jump up uh, and do anything you want to do uh, to get the glory to come back. Uh, it's got to be done God's way. It's got to be done God's way. When God prepared that ark, told Moses how to build that ark, he said, you put four rings in it. You put a ring in each corner. He said, you take you four staves, you overlay them in gold. I believe the rings were silver. He said, and you run them staves through them rings, and you have the priesthood, nobody else. You had uh, There was one family. I, I studied it out. His name was Kohath. He was responsible for moving that ark. And what they would do, they would put that ark on their shoulders with them four staves, and they would carry that ark everywhere they went. They didn't put it on a cart. They did not put it on a wagon. I, I read in the scripture today I, that he gave, he gave wagons and oxen to move everything else. I said, but to the, the household of Kohath, I, he gave not oxen and carts I, because that ark belonged I, on the shoulders of the priesthood. I, it belonged on the shoulders of that man of God and when David made up his mind to go get that ark he didn't do it God's way he didn't do it according to God's will he took a brand new cart out there and set that ark of the covenant upon that cart and it got a man killed because he didn't do it God's way We're so bound and determined, we're going to do this thing our way. Not if you're going to get this, you ain't. David set that, they, they set that ark upon there, had 30,000 men with him, 30,000 priests and Levites. 
They set that, they took that, put them staves in there and set that thing up on that wagon and started off. And they got up around a threshing floor and that ark got unbalanced and it started sliding and Uzzah run up there to steady the ark, put his hands on it and when he did he angered God and God smote him because that ark is holy. You hear me? The spirit that God is bringing in is so holy. What God is bringing in is so holy. Are you listening to me? It is so holy. When the Philistines took the ark, they took it to Ashdod. They set it inside their temple right in front of their god Dagon. When they come to worship the next morning, Dagon was on his face before the ark of the covenant. They set him back up. They come in the next morning to worship. He was back on his face but his head and his hands had been broken off and he was laying on his face. They packed the thing up and shipped it off to Gath. When it got to Gath a great destruction the Bible said come on that city and God began to smite them in their secret parts with emeralds. Are you listening to me? My God this is a holy thing. This is a righteous thing and God told me he said you prepare my people I'm trying to get people ready I'm trying to get people ready oh brother better I want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost not if you ain't ready you don't no you don't this God's holy this ain't the God some of y'all's played around with for years It's like my wife keeps quoting. God one time winked at your ignorance. God one time may have winked at your ignorance. But now he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. God might have one time let you slide some of your slackness because you didn't know no better. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a word being preached now that's going to set God's house in order. There's a word being preached now. If you'll listen and you'll line up with it, God will set your life in order. Every force, every power that's warred against you, that's kept you from serving God, that's kept you from being obedient to God's will in your life, you can get broke free from it. There's a loosening in the Holy Ghost. There's a loosening. There's a power of God being revealed to destroy the yokes off of your life and bring you in line with what God wants to do in you. Man, that destruction hit Gath. They got all the lords of the Philistines together and they said, y'all getting this thing out of our city. So they they packed it up and shipped it down to Ekron. Man, when it come into Ekron, everybody in Ekron cried out and said, my God, they sent this thing down here to slay us. Said, we don't want it. And a great destruction hit them too. So they got all the chiefs of the Philistines together and they said, what are we going to do? They called their wizards in. They called their magicians in. And they said, we tell you what do. Said, if you don't want God to totally destroy you, if you don't want this God to slay everybody in the land of the Philistines, said, you give you, you take that thing. You get you two brand new cows that have just calved. You tie the calves up. You put a brand new cart behind them. You put that ark on it uh, and said you put in there five uh, golden mice uh, 
and five golden emeralds. You know why they put the mice in there? The Bible said their land was overrun with plagues of mice. That's what the plague was. And said those that did not die, God smote them with emeralds, small and great. God, God vexed them. God troubled them. God killed them. Why they had a holy God in a heathen land. My God, we got a holy God in a heathen land. And God's angry. And His wrath is beginning to break forth on this generation. His wrath is beginning to break forth on the ungodly and pervertedness. It's in our nation. It's time to prepare the way of the Lord. The Spirit of God's coming home. He's coming home. You're going to get ready for him. You're going to get ready for him. So they loaded that thing up. And I don't know how much y'all know about cows. But if a cow's just had a calf, that cow won't go very far from that calf. She won't go very far at all. She's going to be sure that calf took care of. She'll hang around with any earshot in case that calf bellers. She'll be right there. They set that ark on that cart, but then cows took off. Headed straight for the land of Israel. Headed straight for the land of Israel. Got up there and come to a place, and the man's name was Joshua, Bethamite or something like that. And the people seen it and rejoiced. They rejoiced. And they called for the Levites to come lift that ark off of that cart and they set it on a big rock and they took them cows took that cart hewed it up made a fire and offered them cows as a sacrifice unto the Lord but you know what they done they looked inside the ark and when they did God smote 50,070 men because they looked inside God's ark they knew better they knew better. It's in the Word. He smoked, he, he smoked 50,000, three score and ten is what the Word said, because they looked into the ark. And when God smoked in 50,000, three score and ten, they sent to the men of Kilajaremoth or something like that, and they said, y'all come down here and get this thing. Come down here and get this thing. So they come down there and got it, and it stayed there for years. You think Samuel was a small boy. He judged Israel for 40 years. Saul was a king. He was king over Israel 40 years. David, somewhere in the early stages of his kingdom, went to get the ark. So somewhere in there, 70, 80 years the glory of God was not with Israel like it, like it used to be. Can you not tell something's wrong? Can anybody not sit here and tell me there's something missing in our relationship with God? There's something missing in our country? My God, when they, when they said on the news that they didn't want anybody of any clergy to speak in that 9-11 memorial, I said, God, what has happened to the hearts of people in this nation? Every time you turn on the news, there's something more against God. There's another law passed in the favor of perversion and lesbianism. 
uh, and ungodliness uh, and immorality. Uh, my God, I've never seen a nation uh, so caught up in an immoral uh, uh, spirit like this nation is. Uh, people are losing their minds. Uh, they're committing suicide. They're having nervous uh, breakdowns. Uh, the economy in this nation is going to hell uh, in a handbasket. Uh, and God's people going on like ain't nothing wrong. Uh, you better get your head out of the sand. Uh, you better get your head uh, out of the sand uh, and lift your uh, eyes up and look uh, under the hills from which cometh your help uh, because the only help uh, this nation is going to get is from the Lord. Uh, we need the Spirit of God to come home. Uh, we need God to return. Uh, I don't know what you want, but I want God to return to me. Uh, I need the Spirit of God uh, to return to me uh, like I read about and like God said, I could have. We're so busy taking care of our daily lives. Doing everything we can to live the good life. And have everything we want to satisfy our flesh. We can't see the Spirit of the Lord's just about departed from us. Just about departed from us. So David, he decided he was going to go get that ark. But he didn't do it God's way. He didn't do it God's way. We're going to do this God's way. We're going to do this God's way. Malachi prophesied and said, Behold, I send my messenger before your face. He's going to cry out, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare. Isaiah prophesied. He said the voice of one. You ain't got a voice of one no more. You might have a voice of 101. Everybody's preaching something different. Everybody's preaching something different. Let me tell you something. The Spirit of God is going to speak the same thing. I don't care who's speaking. I don't care what's happening. The Spirit of God is going to speak the same thing. There ain't going to be no division in this body. There ain't going to be no division in what God's doing. Because if I got the Spirit of God and you got the Spirit of God and we're coming into what God's doing, there's going to be a unity. We are, we are coming into the unity of the faith. Amen. Unto the knowledge of the Son of God. We coming into something, church. My God, I have felt in this revival and I have seen God maturing and bringing people to the place that His Spirit and His Word can reveal itself inside. There's some people right now that God is going to reveal a maturity and a strength in. But it's got to be done God way. It's got to be done God's way. When John the Baptist come preaching prepare ye the way of the Lord make his path straight he said my God prepare to build a highway. That's what he said. Prepare to build a highway.
All right, Lord, there it is. We got it ready. Come on. <laughs> no, you don't. Because that won't hold up. Ain't no foundation under it. Ain't no foundation under it. We started putting this building up out here. We had a guy come in with a digger. Had a big bucket on the front of it. He dug down out here till he hit solid rock. Couldn't go no deeper on the front of this building. About two foot down, he hit solid rock. Dug all the way around several places, he hit solid rock. Dug down. Dug down. Dug down. The Bible said, build your house on a rock. Build yourself on this living word of God. You're going to prepare our highway for our God. Has anybody ever seen them build a highway? You ever seen them build a highway? They'll come in and dig down a foot and a half, two foot. They'll dig down a foot and a half, two foot, and they'll let that ground sit there for weeks and months. Let it rain on it, and they'll go over it and pack it down. Pack it down and pack it down and pack it down. Let it get hot, and they'll pack it down. Let it get cold, and they'll pack it down. Sometimes a roadbed will sit there for six, eight months to a year, and then they'll come in and they'll put some field dirt in it, and they'll pack that down. What are they doing? They're laying a solid foundation. The Word of God said that a messenger is coming and crying out, prepare. By God, get a highway. Get something down. Get a foundation. Get something prepared for the Holy Spirit of God to come in. Get yourself prepared. Get this way that God wants to come. Get it prepared. We just want to throw something out there and say, all right, God, here I am. You want the Spirit of God to kill you? You want the Spirit of God to kill you? You ain't coming in this holy presence. Y'all not realize in the Old Testament, in the holiest of holies, the high priest was given a commandment once a year. One time a year, the very fullness of God, the very presence of God would come down behind that veil. And that man would go in there and he would offer up blood sacrifice for himself. Tie a rope on his ankle. Part that veil where that presence of God was and step in there. And if he had not offered that sin sacrifice and cleansed himself, the Spirit of God and the presence of God would strike him dead. The Spirit of God ain't going to be no different in these days. I mean, that man walked in his presence. Can you imagine this impartation? Can you imagine this coming down and, and wanting to live on the inside of you? Can you imagine this and how clean and how holy and how godly how we are going to have to present ourselves before God and pray and say, God, cleanse me. My God, my prayer this week has been, God, 
Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Wash me in thy blood. I have been wrestling this week. And I have been wrestling for God's people. Saying, God, do something for your people. Why? People are weary. People are worn. People are battle-scarred. People are fatigued. There's so many people right now wrestling warfares in their minds. And wrestling principalities and powers and forces. Children of God, because the devil knows that he has but a short time to work. He knows that the visitation of the Holy Ghost that God has promised is drawing nigh to us. It's coming on the scene. By God, we are getting closer to it by the day, by the minute, by the second, by the hour. And God is conditioning a people and getting them ready to come home. To come home. Hallelujah. And we want to throw some little old covering out there and say, All right, Lord, I'm ready. <laughs> when you lay a good roadbed down, <coughs> they build it up, <laughs> pave it, can't feel one bump in it, ride smooth. You ever been down the interstate? Felt like he's on a logging road. <laughs> Was it Interstate 10 or 20 we used to go to Texas on? 10? Down there in Louisiana. Oh, you do fine, Mississippi. Man, you hit that Louisiana line and pull in a travel trailer. Like it's on a roller coaster. I'd have slowed down 35, 40 mile an hour a lot of times on the interstate because it had so many dips and bumps in it, it just like this. They didn't put a foundation. They didn't put a foundation in it. We're wanting to serve God without any kind of foundation. We want God to come live in here. Without any kind of preparation. We don't want to give him free reign. I remember Brother Kenny. Told that little story here several years back. Some of y'all probably heard him tell it. He said, Lord, come knock on this man's door. He said, I'd like to live in your house with you. He said, all right, I'll put you in the back bedroom up there. Lord said, okay. So he put him in the back bedroom upstairs. Next day, the devil knocked on the door. When the man answered the door, the devil just beat the daylights out of him. <coughs> him screaming and hollering all the time for the Lord to help him. After the devil just beat him up, he made his way upstairs. The Lord was there in the bedroom where he told him he could stay. He said, well, why didn't you come help me? He said, you told me to stay in the bedroom. He said, well, he said, I'll give you free reign of the upstairs. So a few days later, not come on the door, and he opened the door again. The devil beat him up again, him screaming for the Lord to help him. He finally made his way upstairs after the devil just beat him up. 
He said, why didn't you come help me? He said, you're downstairs. You told me to stay upstairs. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll give you rain of the whole house. A few days later, the devil knocked on his door again. Jesus met him at the door. <laughs> I said, Jesus met him at the door. We don't want God messing in our life. Y'all hear me? We don't want God messing in our life. <coughs> God ain't interested in you. It's all right, Lord, you can have this much of me, this much of me, this much of me. Lord said, no, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Amen. It's all or nothing. There is so much going on in ministry and in churches that people out there in the world are sick of it. People in church are sick of it. I'm sick of it. I said, I'm sick of it. And I'm wanting to get down a solid foundation. Amen. For the Lord to come. He ain't coming without we prepare. Everybody keeps praying, oh, Lord, send, send the Holy Ghost, send a revival, send the book of Acts, move of God. Do you really know what you're asking for? Do you really know what you're asking for? I'm going to tell you something. When the Holy Ghost fell on, in that upper room, they come out changed. There was something that had fell in them. They loved not their lives unto death. They didn't care about nothing except the gospel of Jesus Christ. They didn't care about nothing. They lost their lives. If God poured out the Holy Ghost tomorrow like he did the day of Pentecost, who, who, would step up and say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Well, God, I can't go. i got a family i got to take care of. I've got a daughter in high school, son in college. i got my job. i got my retirement coming up. i got this to take care of. i got that to take care of. somebody got to watch mom and daddy. Lord, I ain't got about two more years to retirement. Can you wait two years? Jesus called them before he ever poured his spirit out on them. They forsook everything. They forsook everything and went to follow him. When he poured out his spirit on them, they was cut free. They was cut free. They had made preparation. You listening to me? If God poured out a measure of the Holy Ghost like he did on Pentecost, I don't think none of us would know what to do with him. I really don't. I don't think we'd know what to do with it. Because we've had no teaching. We've had no preparation. I can tell you, I don't even know that I'd know what to do with it. Because I've never been exposed to it. I've never been exposed to what those men had in the book of Acts. Do I think I want it? I'm telling God I do. 
I may be asking for something I don't know what to do with. But I'm telling God I want it. I'm telling God I want it. Why? There's a world out there dying. They need help. They need help. The Lord didn't say build a church and tell the world to come to the church. He said, go ye into all the world. <laughs> oh, this ain't, ain't going to go too good. <laughs> Anybody feel like you called of God? Nobody? <laughs> no, y'all ain't going to raise your hand. <laughs> Anybody ever been prophesied to you you're going to preach the gospel? Did the Lord tell you that it's right there in your hometown you wouldn't go nowhere else? No, his commission was go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's God's commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a big commandment. That's a big commandment. Before God can do what He wants to do, He's got to find somebody He can trust. He's got to find somebody He can trust. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians. If y'all think I'm just trying to get a shouting service going, no, uh uh-uh. Ain't interested. Second Corinthians, fourth chapter. Y'all there with me? First verse. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. You see what Paul's saying right here? He said, we have received this ministry. We've received it. God, by his mercy, has given us a measure, given us a dispensation of his grace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've received this ministry. But Paul said, we have renounced. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. You know why it's so hard for people to believe that God's real and to listen to a preacher today? They've seen too much junk. They've seen too much junk. My God, you turn on the TV and turn on what y'all call the religious channels and preachers are a dime a dozen. They're trying to sell you everything. Brother Matter, they ain't trying to sell you nothing. Yeah, they are. For sixty nine ninety five, you can write, get my anointed spring water and my anointed faith tool. 
Call this number, 1-800-GET-A-PROPHECY. And the master prophet. Did y'all know them was around? I come across a master prophet. There's a master prophet. If you just call him, he'll give you a prophecy. I don't know if it's a master prophecy, an apprentice prophecy, or, but he's going to give you a prophecy because he's a master prophet. And it ain't going to cost you nothing. I guarantee you, time you get off the phone with him. This is why you can't get people in the house of God. Paul said, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. And we do not handle the word of God deceitfully. We don't handle the word of God deceitfully. We ain't walking in craftiness to try to make you financial gain out of you. That's not what we're here for. We've received a ministry that's truth, that's real, that's alive. But how do you separate? How do you separate? There's got to be an act of God. You ain't going to do it. You ain't going to convince people to serve God. People start arguing with you about God, you just might as well leave them alone. Give the word and they don't receive the word, you just might as well leave them alone. It's going to take the Spirit of God to prick their hearts because people have seen too much junk. But what God is bringing in, what God is restoring and bringing back, this is the real thing. This is the real thing. This is the real thing. Preachers ain't going to handle the word of God deceitfully. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Anybody in here want to be real? You want to be real? Then you're going to have to give it to God. You're going to have to say, all right, Lord, here I am. Whatever in me ain't pleasing, get it out. But you got to mean it. It was about the first time God takes it that big old pruning saw <laughs> and starts whacking on him limbs. Somebody gonna start screaming. <laughs> now, Lord, I was just kidding. <laughs> Lord said, I ain't. <laughs> you start whittling on you. The Bible said if a tree bring forth fruit. The Lord will purge it. Then it'll do what? Bring forth much fruit. I think I brought forth some fruit over the years. Might not have been much, but I think I brought forth some. But I'm going to tell you something here lately. 
I feel like I've been getting cut and whacked on. I feel like God's put that big old shovel in there and just reached in there and just dug down deep. So you've got to have a better foundation. Got to have a better foundation. Amen. Got to have a better foundation. I do not want anything in my life that the enemy can move me. I don't want it. I don't want it. And I've actually told the Lord that in years back. You know, when you're young, <laughs> full of zeal, you, you'll tell God some. <laughs> know all about that, don't you, son? <laughs> and I've told God, Lord, I don't want to fail you. If you see that I'm going to mess up, you see that I'm going to fail you, if you see that I'm going to do something wrong, I said, just go ahead and try me, purge me, test me, get it out of me. Because I want to be right and I want to be real. I do not want to be somebody's downfall. I don't want to be my own downfall. That would hurt bad enough. But I don't want to mess somebody else up. I don't want to mess somebody else up. See, when you answer this call, you step up here. Whether you ever step in a church pulpit, whether your pulpit's a sidewalk, when you accept that call to the ministry, it comes with responsibility. It comes with responsibility. You're going to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. You're not going to handle the Word of God craftily and deceitfully. Because in the day we're living in, I believe God's going to take the covering off of you. I believe God's going to take the cloak off of you. I'm not interested in a big church. I'm interested in establishing people on the Word that God can become real in their life. If God grows the church, that's God's business. Do I want to see God move and, and help people and change lives? Yes. But that's not up to me. It's up to me to prepare. And God told me to prepare this people right here because His Spirit is coming home. Coming home. Isaiah prophesied, he said, heaven's my throne. God said, I sit on my thrones in the heavens. I stretch my feet out and prop them up on the earth. He said, the earth is my footstool. He said, my hands have made everything. What building are you going to build for me to live in? What are you going to prepare? Where is the place of my rest? Right here. Right here. This is where God's going to rest.
God rested in man in the beginning, in the fullness. God done everything on six days. The seventh day God rested. Was God tired? No. God created man for his completion. And on that seventh day, he just put all that authority and dominion and power over all his creation. He just rested right here. When Adam sinned, he lost his resting place. He lost his resting place. Name but one man ever got that place back in God. And that was our Lord and Savior, Jesus. But he paid for us to be reconciled back to the Father to get this thing ready. I can't remember when it was. Sister Gail will probably tell me. What month and year was it that I come down that aisle with that robe on? Was it February, March, something like that? February, two years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, prepare you the way of the Lord. I had a long robe made, just plain robe. Got me a big old leather belt. Fastened it around my waist, took my staff, which I don't hardly ever touch anymore. Come out of that office, and there wasn't two or three people knew what was going on. When I turned and started down that aisle, I started screaming at the top of my voice. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. You can feel the Spirit of God sit down in here like a blanket. We had some visitors here that night. They thought your pastor was crazy. But that's okay. That's okay. Every time they need prayer for something, they send word to me to go to prayer for them. They may think I'm crazy in some things they do, but they've done seen God work miracles. They didn't see God work miracles. And as God began to deal with me about this today, He said, We're going to have to dig deep. Dig deep. Because you don't dig deep, you ain't going to get this way prepared. You ain't going to get it prepared. The Lord ain't going to come down any old road. He's going to come down a road that's prepared. Amen. He said every valley, he's going to fill it up. Every high place, he's going to cut it down smooth. Every crooked place, he's going to straighten it out. Is that what he said? Y'all think we can do this in just a one time at the altar? We're going to develop a life of prayer and relationship with God. Because I'm going to tell you something. Somebody's going to do this. How many of you know somebody's going to do this? Somebody's going to do this. Somebody's going to throw their hands up. 
Say, God, I am sick of this world. I am sick of me. I'm sick of everything in this world. And I've got to have you, Jesus. I've got to have you. I can't go no further without you. I've got to have you. I've got to have you. I've got to have you. Amen. I've got to have you. I keep quoting that scripture that Paul said. Gain is not godliness. It's not godliness. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For it is evident you brought nothing into this world and you ain't taking nothing out. But yet, we keep trying to get things and stuff and things and stuff and more land, more cars, more houses, better this, better that, clothes, shoes, all this. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life has got God's people bound. We have convinced ourselves we're entitled to the good life. Y'all may not be happy with me tonight. Can't help that. Can't help that. The Bible said, the Lord whom ye seek. I don't see a whole lot of people seeking for him. And I've said this, and I'm going to make this statement again. Probably about every one of us in here have an earnest of the Spirit of God. We've got to measure. We've got to measure. That's what the Bible said. You've been given an earnest. You've been given a portion. Prophesied, we've laid hands on the sick, we've prayed, we've seen God move. But then when God starts telling us that the Holy Ghost that He wants to pour out is different than what we got, that the Holy Ghost that He wants to bring and what we've got is not what He poured out on the day of Pentecost, but that what we got just about boils down to a little religious spirit. Boy, everybody arches their back, gets mad, and that religion rises up in them, and they're ready to fight. Tell me I ain't got the Holy Ghost. Okay. I can tell you, believe it or not. I don't measure the Holy Ghost. This is going to fly in some of you's face, but that's all right. I'm used to it. I don't measure whether you got the Spirit of Christ by whether you can talk in tongues or not. I look for the fruit of the Spirit. I look for something to have changed in you. Do I believe in tongues? You better believe I do. I can probably tell you, like Paul, I, I can probably tell you I was probably speaking in tongues more than y'all. <laughs> but I look for that revealing of Christ, that nature, that mind, that compassion, that mercy, that forgiveness, that love, that understanding, that tenderheartedness. 
I'm going to tell you something. You, can't, you can find people claiming to have the Holy Ghost and they'll argue you down. Got the nastiest spirits. I mean, got the nastiest spirits. And you can get on their religion, buddy. They'll unbuckle, unbuckle their shirt sleeve and roll their They'll be ready to fight you. You don't tell me I ain't saved. Better not tell me I ain't born again. Come on. It's the truth. People are ready to fight you. I'm ready for God to change us. And what I saw God bringing in, you don't have to believe him. I saw the ark of God come down the aisle carried by the priesthood of this church. I saw it. I saw it again this morning in prayer. That's why I asked Sister Sheila to let me have her service tonight. I just felt it in my spirit that I needed to exhort on this. And that we're going to have to do something. If we want God to do what he's going to do, we're going to have to dig deeper. Dig deeper and get prepared. Because there's too much anger. Too much warfare in people's minds. Too much turmoil in people's lives. And everybody wants to do this their way. Go ahead and do it your way. See where it gets you. Go ahead and serve God in your stubbornness and rebellion. See where it gets you. You're going to shipwreck. You're going to shipwreck. You're going to shipwreck. How do you know? I've been down that road. I've been down that road. I've been down that road. To where you get cut inside. You bleed. You hurt. You feel betrayed. You feel wounded. You feel taken advantage of. And if you don't pray it out of your spirit and get it out of your spirit... It'll build like a cancer. That root of bitterness, the Bible said, will defile many. And there's many people that start out loving God, start out going to church. You can't get them in a church today. They're full of bitterness. They're full of anger. They're full of... They are. Why? Somebody hurt them. Somebody upset them. Somebody done them wrong. Let me tell you something. The Lord ain't done nothing to you. The Lord ain't done you nothing but good. Don't you base your walk with God on what somebody else done to you. That's as good as the devil wants. Don't you base your relationship with God on how somebody treated you. I was in Arkansas years ago preaching a revival. And a man stood up and testified. He said, I won't give a testimony. I said, okay. He said, it's been about two years ago, we had a man come to this church and said he quit church for a long time. And he said, and I knew some things on him. And he said, and then there were some other things I just heard. And he said, that man come back to church. And he said, when that man come to church, he said, and I seen him walk in. He said, I said in my heart, God, what's that hypocrite doing here? I'll tell you, I'll listen to the man's testimony. He said, while I was standing there watching that man, 
He said, I told the Lord, he said, God, he said, if that hypocrite's going to church here, he said, I ain't, going, I ain't going to church here. He said, I'll quit. He said, he didn't get the words out of his mouth till the Lord spoke to him. He said, if that's all it takes to move you, he said, I'll be sure you find a hypocrite every church you go in. Because the Bible said, let the wheat and the tares grow together until harvest. You're going to have people in the house of God you ain't going to get along with. You're going to have people in the house of God you ain't going to like. You're going to have people in the house of God going to do you wrong. Going to set you down and tell you to be quiet, Sister Susie. They're going to lie to you. There's people going to cheat you. There's people going to take advantage of you. They're going to do things you don't like. They're going to say things you don't like. They're going to sing songs you don't like. They're going to testify. They might even preach things you don't like. I'm glad my pastor's here tonight. I'm going to tell you something. I never desired to be a pastor. I didn't. I was happy. I was an evangelist and a missionary. And I was just as happy as if I had good sense. I loved it. I did. I loved it. But the Lord put me here. When Sister Angela was talking about them, what she called them, stops, and what else she say? Steps and stops. And God ordered my steps, and then he stopped me. He didn't slow me down. He brought me to a dead stop. Put me right here. And I remember I called. I hadn't been here very long. I called Sister Daniels. Oh, I, was, I had steam coming out my ears. She probably remembered the conversation. She just she just got a way about her. You, you just you talk to her and she'll let you vent and she'll let you and then she'll just slow, steady, and smooth, just say, Okay. <laughs> and then she'll start she'll start laying out that godly wisdom that God's put in her. But I called her and I pro I, I, I oh I was upset. I probably had steam coming out my ears. And I said, Sister Daniels. I said, if God wants me to pastor this church here, I said, I'm telling you right now, there's some things going to change. You remember me calling you? And you know what she said to me? She said, Brother Matter, you're right. And she said, I got a pretty good idea. It's going to be you. And for some reason, all the steam went out of my anger. And I said, <coughs> I didn't say it. She just started talking. You know how she do, you says, Sheila. To share, you know how she does. 
No, I was having to break through that dirt, try to find topsoil. <laughs> but that's all right. She told me the right thing. She told me the right thing. And everybody that attends church here has been here four, five, six years. They'll tell you, Brother Matter's changed. You see, I just don't want me to change. I want the Spirit of God that God's working in me to help change you. Because I know the Spirit of God is coming home. I know it. I may not convince you of it. You may, well, I've already got it. I, you may think you've got all you need. I don't have all I need. I don't have all I need. The hell that's fixing to take on this, that's fixing to hit this world, the trouble and chaos, I don't have what it takes to stand. I don't have what it takes to go through. I don't know how these people in other parts of the world are persecuted for the faith and keep their testimony. Because I, I, I honestly tell you, I don't know that I got that in me. I hope I do. But I've never had to face that. I've, I've never had to face a beating. Last time I was in India, we were right up close to the Pakistan border. We could look over and see the border of Pakistan. Preached on housetops. People had houses just like they did in the Bible days, flat roofs. We'd go up on these housetops and preach to 50, 60, 70, and 100 people on a housetop. And we went out to eat with a couple of those village preachers that day. And that man sat there and told me, how they like to beat him to death one night. He's on his way back from a, a, a home prayer meeting, and they caught him in the dark and like to beat him to death. They broke his nose. They broke his arms. They broke his jaw. He said, I thought he was going to kill me. And he said, then they just walked off and left me. Just left me laying there in the road. One thirty, two o'clock in the morning, just left me laying in the road. He said, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't hardly move. They left him there. I guess they thought he'd die. I thought, God. Would I have what it takes to endure something like that? He healed up, went back to preaching. Went back to preaching. You could hear no anger in his voice, no bitterness in him, no upsetness in him. You could hear nothing in him except a love for God and a love for God's people. I want that. I want that. But to get this, we're going to dig deep. Amen. We're going to dig deep. We're going to get away from all this stuff we've seen in what the, we call the ministry. We're going to get away from it. We're going to get away from this dishonesty. We're going to get away from handling the Word of God deceitfully and craftily. We're going to get away from it. Because if I know a preacher ain't right, I won't work with him. I won't work with them. I walked away from preachers in 94, refused to work with them. They ain't going to work with them now. If I know they're not right, they ever get in this pulpit, and I find out they ain't right, they ain't getting back in. They ain't getting back in. It's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to live a lifestyle of things ain't right. Preachers can make mistakes. We all can make mistakes. But when a vessel that calls themselves a vessel of God continually 
steps out of line and lives an ungodly lifestyle, I don't want nothing to do with them. Because I'm going to tell you something. You hang around them, the spirits will warrant you. If spirits try to get on you, if spirits try to shipwreck you, I want something in me that's going to dig deep. You want something in you that's going to dig deep? You'll have to let the Spirit of God work. Amen. You're going to have to let the Spirit of God work. Because the Lord ain't going to bring this. He ain't going to bring this just to any vessel. You listening to me? This ain't religion. This is the real thing. This ain't religion, church. This is the real thing. This will change your life. This will deliver you. This will set you free. This will heal your body. This will deliver your mind. This will make you whole in soul, mind, and body. That's what this generation needs. Needs to be made whole in soul, mind, and body. Somebody's got to carry a real gospel. Amen. Not just to preach to people. I don't want to just preach to people. I won't be able to, by the power, the unction of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of God, to set them free. Not my will, but God's, God's will be done. Amen. We're going to prepare the way of the Lord. We're going to dig down. We're going to dig down. Amen. We're going to dig down. Read your scripture. It said prepare the way of the Lord. When you look that word way up, it means a highway. It means a highway. And he said prepare a highway in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of solitude and loneliness. He said prepare that highway. Prepare that. Get in there and dig down, man, and lay a foundation. They ain't no telling how many times they, they lay dirt and rock and in a roadbed and pack it down and let it sit, let the weather. You know, I often wondered, I, I've seen them build roads and I, I, I'd see them scrape down or cut down a roadbed, 12, 14, 20 inches, let it sit, let it rain on it, then go in there and put gravel and stuff on it and shirt on it and pack it down, let it sit again. I said, why can't they go ahead and build that road? What are they waiting on? It don't take that long. What are they doing? Letting everything settle. So they can find where the ruts are and the holes are that they need to fill up. We don't want God to, we don't want to give things time to settle in our spirit. We don't want to give things time to settle. No, we don't. We don't give things time to settle. That's what. Isn't that what God was telling us this morning? We've got to let things settle. Amen. Sister Susie was, we've got to let things settle. We've got to get this thing settled in our spirit. We've got to get this thing settled in our spirit. My God, there's been some wonderful word in this, in these services. Because when you get things settled, Fill up all the holes and all the dips. Smooth everything out. After it settles several times, it's solid. It's solid. 
I don't know how many of y'all remember when they built a new highway out of Fort Payne up to Rainsville several years ago. One side of it collapsed. I mean, it just opened up in a big sinkhole. And they spent six months hauling in rock. I mean, they, they had to close down one side of the highway and let everybody run on two lanes. And they spent six months hauling in rock and packing it in that big hole, building it up. I mean, dump truck load after dump truck load after dump truck load after dump truck load. I mean, big rocks down the bottom, packed it in. And then as, as they come up, the rock got smaller and smaller and filled all them cracks. And he just kept packing it and packing it and packing it. And then they'd wet it and they'd pack it. And then they'd put more rock on it and they'd wet it and pack it. And they just kept packing it down until they got everything settled. So they got everything. And then they paved back over. You can go down that section of road today. They didn't give it time to completely settle. They was in too big a hurry to get the road back open. I want God to settle me. I want a solid foundation. I want a solid foundation. If what God builds on this foundation, ain't going to be no ruts in it. Ain't going to be no wavering in it. I want it solid. Appreciate the Lord tonight. Appreciate the Lord tonight. God's looking for a vessel. He's looking for a vessel. Let's say, Here, my Lord. Do with me what you want to. Do with me what you want to. Anybody willing? Anybody willing? I'm going to tell you something when you say yes to him. You got to let him fight your battles. You can't argue and fuss and fight and defend yourself. That tickled Sister Susie this morning. She said, I'll fight for my pastor. <laughs> and she will. Sister Gail will too. I'll tell you something, you better not get around Sister Gail and open your mouth about me, buddy. She'll crawl all over you. <laughs> she will. She'll crawl all over you. But you've got to hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battles and let him work what he wants to work in you. I appreciate the Lord tonight. I'm going to get you to pray with me. I want you to let this settle in your spirit. Because I know the Spirit of God's coming home. And I want to be ready. If we was ready, God would do it. Can anybody say amen? If he's ready, God would do it. If he ain't ready, because God ain't done it. Brother Matter, what does it take? Evidently, it takes more than what we're doing. <laughs> amen. Evidently, it takes more than what we're doing. Because we're doing it right and had it done. He said, the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. That word suddenly means instantly. I believe at the time we get ready, the Lord's going to impart himself. He's going to reveal himself. He's going to suddenly. 
like that. Come to his temple. I believe that. I do. I believe that. Because there ain't going to be nothing to stop him. There ain't going to be nothing to hinder him. I remember I had a vision just years ago. And I seen a man as like a eight or ten inch pipe right here in the middle of him. And it looked like axle grease. Y'all know what y'all know what axle grease looks like? Just caked in that pipe. And coming out of that pipe, just a little bit of drip of water. Just a little bit of drip was all that could get through. And the Lord told me, He said, We're all clogged up. He said, we're all, we're, all gun, we're, all, we're all clogged up. Just a little bit. He didn't say out of your belly would flow a trickle. He said out of your belly would flow rivers of living waters. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're all clogged up, ain't no rivers going to run. Sister Debbie preached the other morning such a beautiful service. And she couldn't believe it because she made a statement. She said, it's time to get the junk out of your trunk. And I just preached a message about three or four months ago. It's time to get the junk out of your trunk. She couldn't believe I'd actually preached that. I said, yeah, I did. That's what God told me. Get the junk out of your trunk. We got too much. Amen. Let's ask God to help us. I want God. I need God to help me. I need God to help me. Would you pray with me right now? Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father. In the holy name of Jesus. Lord, I know a lot of people want to shout in service. But Lord, if we can do this, we'll have something to shout about. Lord, let this word go down deep. Let it penetrate the very hearts and the minds of your people. Father, let it get in our spirits. That our very hearts hunger and thirst after a righteousness and a depth and a deep working of your spirit. Wash us and cleanse us and help us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart, God, that we can understand. Lord, I know what you showed me. That your spirit's coming home. God, and you told me to prepare the hearts of this people. And prepare your people. For your spirit to come home. Lord. Give me the wisdom. Give me the ability. Give me the understanding. To condition your people. And get them ready for what you want to do. God, I feel something in this meeting. Lord, you spoke yesterday morning and said that this meeting here was for this church. It was for your people in this church. God, you spoke to our hearts. Now, God, let us put our hand to the plow and do what it takes. Do what it takes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we're putting this addition on out here. We got lumber, we got saws, we got nails, we got. If we don't ever pick up a board, put it in place, saw it or nail it, ain't nothing going to happen. 
We can't just say, Lord, send a move of the Holy Ghost. There's got to be some preparation. Amen. We got to prepare for him to come. You want him to come, you'll start preparing. I'm going to start preparing. Amen. I'm going to dig. 